Then President Moon says, you've come to the south, when can I come to the north? And Kim Jong-un says, Oh, he went back into the north. Look at that. Almost as if they're erasing the line. But they have some very difficult issues to discuss. All right, we're going to get the latest coming out of uh, Pyongyang with NK Now. Uh, joining us here is the sole correspondent for NK News, Kim Jong-min. Jung-min, good morning to you. Good morning. I know it's been a busy week, and we're going to actually spend uh, quite a bit of time on this uh, big story. A lot of intrigue, uh, still some uh, ambiguous details uh, that we don't necessarily have a handle on. But obviously, the big news, North Korea is saying uh, they may have their first suspected case of COVID-19 after this uh, uh, runaway re-defector, I guess is the term we can use, mm. uh, allegedly crossed the border and was found in uh, Kaesong City. There's a lot of layers to this story. But first, uh, let's address the COVID-19 issue. What is North Korea's claim? North Korea said that they saw the first suspected case of COVID after this person crossed over to Kaesong City. They said that this person went to South Korea three years ago, which means he defected in 2017. And after uh, several medical tests, allegedly, uh, he was suspected to have been infected with vicious virus, which they call COVID-19. And um, they say that he illegally crossed the MDL on July 19th. And afterwards, Kim Jong-un ordered a lockdown of Kaesong City on July 24th as a preemptive measure. And the day after that, on July 25th, they um, held a meeting as well. And on July 24th, they isolated the district within the city as well. And they strengthened quarantine and um, track the people who may have contacted with this person and um, did medical examination of these people as well. Right. And if we accept everything uh, at face value from North Korea's claims, uh, they've handled this situation maybe, um, you know, New Zealand's done a really great job, but uh, they have zero official Mm -hmm. known cases. So this would be then ostensibly the first known suspected case. Uh, What measures did North Korea take? Yeah, we, I can. We can say. I think we can say that it would be the first case if the WHO confirms this. But um, they actually emailed me yesterday and they said that they haven't heard from North hmm. Korea yet about this. But it seems that officially they still seem to stick to the zero confirmed case um, rhetoric and. Um, North Korea did say that the medical tests indicated the results are not good, which means maybe there was a COVID-19 um, uh, test kits used in the process. And Kim Jong-un convened the enlarged Central, media, Central Committee meeting, and they shifted to a maximum emergency system, issuing top-class alert and calling it state emergency as well. So then the question of um, why this is significant is, there is a report on a COVID-19 suspected case after a re-defector enters Korea. Mm. Uh, kind of interesting with the timing of that. Uh, there could have already been suspected cases in the North, you would logically assume, right? Mm. Yeah, because um, although they have been reiterating zero confirmed case and clean land thing, it's really, um, it's, it's really reasonable to doubt that idea. And then... Now it's interesting because after a re-defector goes into North Korea, they start reporting on it. Um, Firstly, this actually could be a really legitimate concern if the defector actually came from South Korea. Because as we know, many people sometimes get contracted after not knowing they were exposed to the virus, right? And second of all, 
uh, which is more interesting to me, is that now it's much easier for them to blame somebody, mm. um, which means they can start reporting on domestic COVID-19 cases and ask for AIDS internationally as well, um, more openly. It's easier than blaming people, for example, crossing Tandong border from China or China itself, um, because it's the closest ally. And the propaganda went on for months about the tight border security at the Tandong border. And because it's Um, coming from a read factor, it wouldn't go against the propaganda they already have been doing for months. And thirdly, it's also, it relates to South Korea, right? And if you remember, June was a crazy month as well. And they have been doing anti-South, anti-defector campaign that held yeah. it last month. And it will be in line with that. So it is kind of convenient to have that uh, sort of external uh, reason why we're suffering from this thing. You hear, I mean, it's a smaller scale version of what Trump's doing, right? Calling oh, exactly. it the Kung Flu virus and mm-hmm. saying it's all from China and that uh, these massive numbers here Using aren't necessarily his uh, fault. Uh, but going back to this defector, we're talking about how this is just uh, an amazing story. First of all, that he even was able to go apparently unimpeded, uh, mm. just cross the border here. It seems that South Korean authorities are pointing uh, to this person uh, who crossed around uh, perhaps what they surmise to be around July 18th, 19th. Uh, there's been some investigations going on. What do we know so far? Mm. The military went under fire. Yeah. Like they, they were criticized for the breach security. While the military is saying that a bag was found near a drain under a barbed wire at the border in Kanghua Island, Walgotri, near mm-hmm. Yeonmijong Pavilion. Um, and they are investigating that area, um, uh, detecting some movements through the military monitoring equipment. This person likely passed through the military barrier inside the drain. Inside the drain, there are still bars and barbed wire as well, and swam towards the north wearing something like a life jacket. And the military's explanation was that there were no no guard posts nearby with residing soldiers because it's all automated monitoring. And the equipment may have missed him during high tides because other items tend to float on the river as well. Um, He... is described to be a very of slight build yeah. um, and could have slipped through the barrier, uh, the JCS said, but military also admitted that the barrier inside the drain were very, very old. Um, what the police are saying is, is that the items in the bag, which were water goggle and the receipt of currency exchange, um, it all points to a defector surnamed Kim. Um, he arrived in the island around like, 2 a.m. July 18th, that sort of matches with what KCNA is saying. Um, it's still unknown the exact time, but could be July 18th early in the morning. And also, there's this YouTube video um, channel called k e s o n g Anak, which is run by Defector. And what looks like this person appeared on multiple episodes saying that he defected in July, uh, G- mid-June 2017, which also matches mm. with the description of this person. Now, the The idea that uh, this is the uh, first confirmed case of COVID-19 for North Korea could obviously turn into a big diplomatic uh, Mm. issue, and uh, it would be uh, incumbent on the South to actually uh, determine whether that's the case or not. Uh, Was this person really uh, COVID-19, at least officially from South Korea's point of view? Mm. Well, first of all, it's unclear, but the explanation from South Korean health authorities was that he was not on the list for COVID-19 confirmed cases nor their contacts, and two of his frequent contacts were tested negative, which South Korea saw as like a a proof for him having lower chance of actually being a COVID patient. But we also know that he could have just worn masks and didn't really contact that much people. And 
then we go into the question of why would you, once you defect, all of a sudden decide to go back? Uh, the I I think the conclusion a lot of people coming in this is more the the disturbing aspect of this is the motivation to go back was that he was facing charges for mm. sexual assault here mm. in South Korea. Right. So the military isn't exactly linking this to this. Um, defector who was accused right now, but police confirmed that Kim was reported to police for allegedly sexually assaulting a female defector at his home in Kimpo. And investigation was ongoing since mid-June, which was uh, a very recent. And also, it's irrelevant to this thing, but personal protection for defectors, it goes on for five years. Mm. And the official in charge, the per- police officer in charge of this personal protection, tried to reach him around the time he the, the warrant was out, but he didn't answer the phone. Uh, before we move on to the second story, just a quick follow-up here, because I know this is a question that's been raised by a lot of people, and I'm sure you've been asked this as well, is... Um, from what we know, is it necessarily safer for this person? Let's say he is a fugitive and he mm. was trying to avoid prosecution for sexual assault. Would it have been uh, the calculation that uh, going back into North Korea, especially now being known as uh, uh, COVID patient number one, would have been the safer move for him? I don't think so. I think it was a very risky decision that he made because like, if you want to face the trial, I think it's better if you face trial in South Korea rather than yeah, North Korea. Yeah, and if you have the and- stigma of being a defector, Plus being maybe this uh, supposed COVID-19 And usually in North Korea, when defectors return home because they miss their homeland, they call them, maybe frame them as a hero. Um, But then in this case, he, first of all, maybe did something bad in South Korea. Second of all, he could be carrying the virus that can infect the whole country. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Still uh, unclear on some of these details, but uh, thank you for uh, clarifying some of them uh, for us. Let's turn to our next story, because after the incident, it seems COVID-19 measures are strengthening in North Korea. Any sign of this happening from your sources in the North? Mm. We have seen the note distributed by the Minister of Foreign Affairs, North Korea, to diplomats and resident representative of international organizations in Pyongyang. It said that um, it seems it was part of the changes regarding the national emergency thing. The diplomats and staff um, are now prohibited from leaving the capital. Um, The rule um, staying in Pyongyang, it was already in place, but it seems there were some exceptions like the Russian ambassador Matsugora visiting Chongjin, but now it seems it's much, much stricter. And the other measures also include the disinfection and medical checkup and reporting to authorities when they are coughing or having they have fever. And they are also required to wear masks when going out, especially when traveling in cars. This is new. Um, also, they are required to do a bit of a more social distancing, like not holding blankets or not strolling around Pyongyang with more than five people. Um, and UNICEF got sanctions for equipment for respiratory symptoms related to COVID treatment. I think this is interesting because the medical aid still allegedly um, were given priorities uh, crossing the border and many organizations will now focus more on treatment too rather than just diagnosis and prevention. That was a focus until now. And it seems border lockdown is still on. It's going to be in place as well, according Mm. to the note, because the diplomats and representatives, um, they're not, um, they're, uh, 
advised not to raise requests regarding any personnel entering the country and bringing items to, uh, through the border. And from this morning, we saw that the Russian embassy uh, announced that 27 Russians uh, returned to North Korea last night, uh, returned to Russia last night. It seems that it was an evacuation related to this. All right. Very interesting indeed. Uh, thank you. As always, you can check these stories out at nknews.org. Kim Jong-min, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank, thank you very you. much.